Welcome to the How to Start a Career course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the secret job search strategies of top candidates to find meaningful work, build your network, and have long-lasting career success. If you want to learn how to land your dream job in any type of market, join us at plato.university for exclusive content and actionable exercises with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. All right, welcome back. In the previous lesson, we discussed what employers actually want, what they care about when they're looking to hire an employee. And we discovered when an employer is looking to fill a role in their company, it's because they have a problem that they need solved. And they're looking for somebody with skills that can actually solve that problem. We also discussed why the approach that you're taking to the job search is quite different than the one that the employer is taking, where they're trying to balance out the risk of hiring an employee and you're trying to balance out the time that it'll take to actually apply to these different jobs. And so we started to discuss a new approach for you to actually get a job, which first began with a self-inventory. And that's where we're going to pick up today. A self-inventory is exactly how it sounds. It's an inventory of all your abilities, your skills, your traits, your interests, your passions, your values, basically everything that makes up you. And getting that written down, figuring out what they are, so we can explain it to others, including those who can give us referrals and to the employers that we're hoping to get a job from. Now, before we start diving into the self-inventory and how to begin taking it for yourself, why would you even take a self-inventory in the first place? By doing this homework on yourself, you learn to describe your skills and abilities in different ways so you can approach multiple job markets. With an inventory of who you are, you can stop identifying yourself by one job title because you're a person that has multiple skills and experiences. For example, let's say you're really good at teaching, writing, and growing things. Then when you approach the job market, you can look at teaching jobs, you can look at writing jobs, or you can look at jobs in gardening. Multiple job markets open up to you, not just one. Doing a self-inventory also brings mindfulness to the process, which has been shown to improve your decision-making. You're gonna take time to focus on yourself and what is important to your life now which will help you to make smarter choices and keep yourself open to possibilities. By doing the process of self-inventory, you can describe in detail exactly what you're looking for. So when you go through the networking exercises, the people that you connect with, your friends, your LinkedIn contacts, or acquaintances that you meet in this job search process, they can better help you. You can give them a more exact description of exactly what you're searching for. You have a story to tell them about your skills, about your traits, about the job you're seeking. This will help them to focus and to look for something very specific, thus increasing their helpfulness to you and your ability to find jobs you otherwise wouldn't have. By going through this process, you're also going to get a better picture of jobs that really excite you, which mean you will inevitably pour much more time and energy and determination into your job search. Persistence is the essence of a successful job hunt, and you will continue to persist through the job hunt if there's actually a prize worth fighting for, a job that will actually fulfill you. By doing a self-inventory, you also no longer have to wait to approach companies until they say they have a vacancy because you've identified specific skills that can solve problems. So if you go start looking at companies that have these types of problems, whether they have a job opening or not, you can approach them and show them you have the ability to solve the problems in their business. And when you do this, they might just see that they can't do without you and maybe even make up a new role in their company that they didn't know that they needed. Additionally, when you're facing, say, 19 or 90 different other competitors that are wanting the same job as you, 
who are equally experienced and equally skilled, you will stand out above them all because you can accurately describe to employers exactly what is unique about you and what you bring to the table that those others don't. You will have compelling stories and evidence to back up your statements. In this process, you're going to develop a deeper knowledge of who you are and what you need in your job. And if you follow this method step by step, it's going to work for a majority of job seekers. If you use this approach, you will have a much greater chance of finding work than if you just send out your resume. And not only finding work, but work you really want to do. A dream job, a mission, a way to fulfill your purpose in life. Now you may be tempted to skip this lesson in the following lessons about making yourself inventory and jumping straight to the things to help you make a great resume or start applying to jobs. But I would advise against this because nobody wants to end up in a job that they hate. So by going through this process, we're going to find out how you can take your skills that you have, your interests, and get you a job that you actually want. So with that, let's go ahead and start to dive into our self-inventory. We're first going to start our self-inventory by looking at what skills we have and our personality traits, because these are the first things that employers are going to evaluate when looking at you as a candidate. We already discussed in the last lesson how important skills are. Skills are simply something that you're good at. They might be called talents or abilities and can be divided up into a whole host of different categories like soft, hard, or transferable. They're basically your ability to do something. And skills are the most basic unit, the atoms, if you will, of whatever job or career you choose. And as we apply to jobs, we want to try and claim the highest skills we legitimately can, demonstrated by our past performance. So as we go through this process, consider the skills that are most difficult or complex, because these are going to be the most valued by your future employer. Additionally, the higher your transferable skills, the more freedom you will have on the job, because you'll have more opportunities to solve more problems for that business. The higher your skills, the less competition you also face for whatever job you're seeking. Now, if you remember from the last lesson, we discussed two major types of skills. The first was technical skills, and the second is transferable skills. Recall that technical skills are specific ways in order to solve specific problems. For example, if you're a programmer, you code in a specific way, you probably know a specific language like Ruby on Rails or JavaScript. Technical skills may also be things like how to fix an engine, writing up a marketing report, or designing a website or creating graphics. They allow you to create hard, tangible assets in the world. Transferable skills, on the other hand, are the way in which you enact those technical skills, and they allow you to solve a multitude of different problems. The most important transferable skills that employers are looking for are critical thinking, creative thinking, communication, collaboration, and character building. So critical thinking is going to allow you to analyze the problems that are occurring inside of a business. They're going to help you predict problems that could occur in the future and get down to the root causes of these problems so that you can actually solve them. Creative thinking is going to allow you to come up with ideas that haven't been thought of before in order to solve that problem in a unique way. If a problem hasn't already been solved, it's probably because people have been trying to solve it in the same way. So with creative thinking, you begin looking for new solutions. Creative thinking is also going to allow you to do unique things with inside the company that's going to allow them to make more revenue. Now, when we're solving problems, we also have to work with other people in order to do so. And this is where the skills of communication and collaboration come into play. No matter what you're doing, you're going to have to communicate with other people, whether that's written, verbal, or even nonverbal communication. Additionally, you have to know how to work well with other people. 
being both a leader and a follower, depending on the role or activity that you have to undertake in order to solve a problem. And finally, the last one, character building, which isn't focused on much in other schools or training programs, but is your ability to self-regulate yourself, to manage yourself, and to actually make yourself better as you go through this collaborative process of solving problems with inside this company. And these include things like time management skills, developing a capacity for lifelong learning and learning on the job, displaying virtues like honesty and integrity, or understanding the inner workings of your own brain and body so that you can better optimize your performance. At Plato University, we focus heavily on these transferable skills because we know how much they underlie the ability to solve any problems that occur. The more flexible we can make you in being able to solve problems, the more wanted you are by employers. Because the reality of it, every business has a ton of problems. And if you can solve multiple of them, you can become much more valuable. The second thing that we'll look at today in starting your self-inventory is your personality traits. Personality traits are the way that you conduct yourself as you move through the world. For example, traits like being patient, tenacious, compassionate, and achievement-orientated. Any employer would likely want someone with these traits in almost any field of employment. In general, your traits are going to describe to an employer how you deal with time and promptness, people and emotions, authority and being told what to do at your job, supervision and being told how to do your job, impulse versus self-discipline within yourself, initiative versus response within yourself, and crises or problems. When you come face to face with a person who has the power to hire you, you want to be able to explain what makes you different from the 19 other people that are applying for the same position. And oftentimes, when people have the exact same technical skills as you, it's the personality traits that are going to separate you from those other applicants. Personalities are evolved solutions to the problem of a highly complex world. As the world changes, we must adapt ourselves to it, creating a diversity of personalities that may best function in the current circumstance of the world. Our personalities are the filters of our perception, cognition, and motivation influencing our actions in the world. And although personality differences can be frustrating, they're very important because each personality type is evolved to solve a different kind of problem. Humans cooperate in societies by solving many kinds of problems together through these diverse personality types. So when you're being approached by an employer, they're trying to figure out if your personality is going to mend well with the rest of the personalities that already exist in the company in order to solve the problems that they have. So now we know why to take a self-inventory. We know what we're focusing on today, skills and personality traits. Let's discuss how we can actually begin this self-inventory and writing down the skills that we have and the personality traits that we have. Let's first begin with skills. To begin taking a self-inventory of your skills, start writing a list of all the skills that you have. This may be things like graphic design, writing a marketing report, so on and so forth. You probably have a pretty good idea of what skills you're already good at. As you start to slow down and can't think of any more skills, what I want you to do is analyze your past experiences. So every job that you've had, the types of projects that you've done in school, any projects that you've done outside of those areas, maybe things like side hustles or volunteering, basically any experience where you physically took action and had to use your brain to take that action. What these stories and experiences will do is allow you to not only dig into the technical skills that you may have used, but also some of those transferable skills that are a little hard to remember at first glance. As you write out these stories and experiences, think about the following points. What was the goal or thing that you wanted to accomplish in that experience? Then, what were some of the hurdles, obstacles, or problems, or constraints that you faced along the way? As you write this description, 
Think about step by step what you ultimately did in order to achieve your goal and overcome those hurdles or obstacles. Then write down the outcome or the result that you had by taking those steps. And finally, write down any measurable or quantifiable statement of the outcome that happened. As you write these stories out in detail, you're going to see the exact steps that you took in order to solve a problem and reach a specific goal. What you'll see inside those stories is you use certain skills, whether they were technical or transferable skills, in order to actually solve that problem. So pull those skills out and add them to your list. But make sure you don't get rid of these stories because these stories are going to allow you to have specific examples of your skills that you can tell employers later. Now, it will likely take some time to write out stories from your past experiences, especially if you've had multiple jobs or done lots of different side hustles or projects. But take the time to do this. Now, as you start identifying skills in your stories, you'll see ones that come up over and over and over again, skills that you used in all of these stories. And this is fantastic because it probably means you know those skills well. And doing something once doesn't really prove anything. But doing something again and again is very convincing. Next, let's take an inventory of your personality traits. We're going to do it in two ways. We're going to do it from the perspective of yourself and how you look at your personality and the perspective from the outside world given to us through personality assessments. But before we get to the personality assessments, I want you to first start with observing yourself. I'll leave a link to this resource, but it's the Present Authoring Faults and Virtues, part of the self-authoring program that has been done by thousands of people and created by Jordan B. Peterson and other psychologists. This exercise has two modules. The first is going to help you understand and rectify your personality faults. The second helps you understand and develop your personality virtues. So you can see here, we're starting to own the full human. These activities will teach you how to observe yourself with a critical eye and question yourself. Once you've completed these exercises, then you can move on to the personality assessments. We start with writing about ourselves first so that we're not influenced by the outside world yet. But once we've written that down, we're going to go to these other objective places in order to see how they compare, how we're looking at ourselves and what the data can say about us. And I'm going to have three different personality assessments for you to go through. And if you're only going to do one, I recommend doing the understand myself, which is based on the big five aspect scale, the scientific model that describes your personality through the big five factors and each of their two aspects. The assessment only takes 15 to 20 minutes and the report will give you a comprehensive description of the factors and aspects of your own personality. You will, for example, learn how agreeable you are relative to others and how your agreeableness breaks down into the aspects of compassion and politeness. You will also learn how these aspects of your personality influence how you act towards and react against the various people and situations you find yourself dealing with every day. The other two personality assessments that may help is 16 Personalities, which is based on Myers-Briggs, and Principles U, which was created by Ray Dalio's team based on the working environment at Bridgewater. This one will show you how you prefer to think, how you engage with others, and how you apply yourself. And you'll learn how these results play out in real life situations. This one will be excellent for seeing how you interact with other people in a working environment. The last thing that we're going to analyze today in this self-inventory is our strengths and weaknesses. Oftentimes when we discuss our strengths and weaknesses, we're talking about specific skills or personality traits that we have that allow us to do things really well, which would be our strengths, or hold us back from doing things well, which would be our weaknesses. So begin taking some of the skills that you've uncovered in your self-inventory and the personality traits 
and listing them out, whether they're strengths or weaknesses. The other thing we can do is ask others what our top strengths and weaknesses are. When we're assessing ourselves, we often have a cognitive bias, which impacts our perception. One way around this problem is to ask for help from others. Ask friends to identify your strengths and weaknesses. Try to get them to be truthful, but not go overboard. A list of your top three strengths and top three weaknesses is often enough to provide fodder for training without the ego blow that comes from hearing everything that is right or wrong about you. When you're doing this process, also realize that your friends come in with a built-in bias. They want to be your friends. So don't just ask one. Ask three or four or five and look for correlations among their answers. If a strength or weakness shows up on five different lists, that's a pretty good place to start for identifying your strengths and weaknesses. After conducting this part of the self-inventory, we have a pretty good idea about what we're good at and what we're not good at, which is going to allow us to go after the jobs that are more in line with what we're good at. It also opens up opportunities for you to start training some of the skills or working on the personality traits that are maybe holding you back. For our activity today, I want you to start this self-inventory, starting with your skills and personality traits going through the exercises that I just detailed out. Once you've taken that inventory, discern between your strengths and your weaknesses. And for today's networking activity, leverage your network and ask for feedback on your strengths and weaknesses. It may be intimidating to ask someone else, but people actually love to be helpful and love even more to share their opinion. So make the ask to three to five people about your strengths and weaknesses. These people can be your friends, but I recommend them actually being people that you've worked on projects with before in the past. So colleagues or other people that have seen you actually displaying some of your skills and personality traits in use to solve problems. You can approach or message them saying something like, hey name, hope you've been well. It's been a while since we've last worked together. I'm currently taking an assessment of my strengths and weaknesses and was hoping that you could detail out my top three strengths and my top three weaknesses so that I can get better. In the next lesson, we'll continue our self-inventory by diving into some of our interests, passions, and developing those into a purpose. Thank you for taking the How to Start a Career course. To get everything you need for your job search, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners, then visit plato.university slash courses slash career and join us for free. Again, that's plato.university slash courses slash career. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at plato.university.